Hey, what's your favorite thing about women drivers? Be careful. Uh, I, I don't feel like I should answer this question at all. See, so smart. What a trap that was. Welcome to Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. And why do I sound like a baseball announcer I right now? I don't know, but he's we're, still to first. We're here joining you at the bottom of the sixth inning of Gear Related. That's a really crappy bunt, dude. Uh, we are your hosts, Ben and Heather. Welcome. I'm Ben. He's Heather. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so... Let's get right God, into it. God, you are it. not going to stop with that baseball announcer, are you? Am I? Well, you Just going to keep it going. So I've got my microphone positioned differently than I normally do, and I have both hands free, and I think this is really <laughs> a bad idea. He's going to start gesturing, and nothing's going to translate to podcast. All right, let me, see, like... let me see if I can get back into uh, podcast mode without bringing you any kind of sporting events. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. Fabulous. What are we talking about today? Well... We're towards the end here of the most important month because A, my birthday month. Okay. B, Women's History Month. Boom. Celebrating all the wonderful things that women have given us over the years. And there are a great many things. Like my mom gave the world me. <laughs> Thanks, I, mom. I feel like I should call her every day and thank her for that. Oh, oh, oh my God. That was so sweet. <laughs> Yeah, so we want to talk about some women in automotive history. Yeah, we might as well, since how this is. Might as well. Oh, oh sure. On, well, I, I'm, get, I'm saying we might as well talk about the automotive part of it, because this is an automotive podcast. That's all I What? Yeah, I know, right? That explains a lot. So let's dig right in. Uh, who should we start with? Oh, my gosh. So this is, I love this. I love digging around with this stuff um, for like this, this month and Black History Month that we did last month, because there's so many cool people that did a lot of stuff. Like some of the names are familiar, mm -hmm. but you never knew all the cool stuff. So we're going to start, I'm going to go in the way, way, way back. The way, way back. It's not that way back, but it's, it's back. And her name is, uh, I'm going to butcher some names, but Alice Hoyler Ramsey. Alice Ramsey. Alice Ramsey, okay. She was born in 1886. So um, most of the information that I got from most of these is there's there's a lot of Wikipedia in there, and then a lot of these um, gals have their own website. But this was from an article um, that Marina Kostler Rubin wrote in June 2009 for Smithsonian. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very cool. So Alice, <laughs> Alice uh, was married, and she's pretty young. She's about 18, and she kind of started her love affair with driving because she was, you know, driving her cart with a horse and the horse got startled and just took off and off she goes with it. And her husband didn't love that. <laughs> Why not? Shockingly. So he bought her a touring car. He's like, you know, this is how I'm going to fix this. What a guy. That's wow. What, what a dude. I know. Good I'm for gonna, you, husband. I loved it. So so the first summer she owned that car, she drove like 6,000 miles in it. So she was just... That's crazy for a car that going. old. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She, I, don't well, even, I don't even think I put 6,000 miles... Well, maybe you know, a little more than that. But a car that old, mm -hmm. you, you're talking top speeds of what? She loved it. 20, 30 miles an hour? It doesn't matter. How do you Hours. get 6,000? Wow. Hours. So... She used to do all these little races, too. So she would often be one of just her, 
only her or one of maybe another woman that <laughs> would enter these races. I'm just thinking about from her <clears throat> husband's perspective here. I bought you a car because I thought the horse and cart was going to kill you. And now I and never now, see you. And now you're racing. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And now racing. Yeah. It's usually endurance stuff. But so she was... Um, in this Automotive Association of America's Montauk Point Endurance Race. So they did 200 miles round trip. And so she met the publicity specialist for Maxwell Briscoe, which is a car company back in the day. They are not around anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize the name. Uh, it's a cool name, though, Maxwell Briscoe. Anyway, so Carl Kelsey is, is the publicity specialist. And he's like, you know what? You're kind of a cool girl. I think we that we should do this transcontinental journey with you. And so basically, <laughs> Maxwell Briscoe You're will give you... a cool girl. I don't... I wasn't <laughs> there. I don't know what he really said. That's true. He could have said that. We don't know. I choose to believe he did. All right. So he said, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to provide you the car. We're going to give you parts and assistance as you need it along the way. Nice. And this will be like a really good marketing scheme because they're trying to get you know, more interest in their, their product. So, sure. and they wanted to specifically market to women. So what better way? Right. So she, in 1909 at age 22, she drove from New York city to San Francisco. She had three other women with her, a couple of her sister-in-laws and a friend. None of the other ladies could drive. So she was the only one who drove. That's and, still gotta be, that, that's like girls road trip right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, yeah. The first like one. Yeah. Um, and there's 3,600 miles. Only 152 of those were paved, so there's lots of mud. Oh, my gosh. And so they left on June 9th, arrived August 7th, so it's like 59 days. Stopped which, somewhere after three or 400 miles and all bought seat cushions. Can you imagine how often they had to stop to pee? <laughs> I mean, a lot. Oh, I'm what? just saying. So they got there about three weeks later than they had planned to. They had to read a map. And of course, there was no, I mean, if, if a way was closed, there's no like beautiful bright orange detour signs to sure. show you the way. So GPS um, wasn't working. There was no GPS. <laughs> the stars. What's wrong with my sat nav? <laughs> so they had a ton of adventures. So if they got stuck in the mud, they'd have to sleep in the car. And I'm sure it wasn't like super roomy with, you know, your third row seating. Oh, I would have took the Southern route then, depending on what time of year it was. And well, that's the mud. And then they ended up when they were in Nebraska, they crossed through a manhunt for a killer. (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) then poor Alice Ramsey, they stayed in a hotel in Wyoming. She got bed bugs. Come on, rude. And then in in Nevada, they were surrounded by a Native American hunting party, so the first people's hunting party, and they had their bows and arrows drawn at them. (laughs) But (laughs) they managed to get to San Francisco, lots of, you know, hubbaloo about them, and she um, ended up having to change 11 tires. She had to change the spark plugs. She had to repair a broken brake pedal. All of these things. See, so she was actually like quite a little mechanic herself at that point. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know how much it says for the car company that all that stuff broke on it, but. It was 3,600 miles. Like that's a long time. So in 1961, she wrote the book of her story, which is called Veil, Duster, and Tire Iron, which I bet is pretty interesting. And all in all, between 1909 when she did this journey and 1975, she drove across the country more than 30 times. Oh, 
I've done it twice. I don't like it. She's probably spent half her life in a car. Oh, and she loves it. Um, so in October 17th, the year 2000, she was the first woman inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame. Oh, that's awesome. Good yeah. for her. She's and awesome. well-deserved. I know. She's a spark plug, and she had to change the spark plugs, too. <laughs> well, that brings us to our next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is a little sad because she just recently passed away. Aww. Uh, March 16th, Sabina Schmitz, the queen of the Nürburgring. Oh, that's a racetrack, right? Yeah, the Nürburgring is a very famous uh, racetrack located in Germany. And they have all kinds of races there. It's a test track for all kinds of cars. Your All your big supercars go get tested on the Nürburgring. It's a favorite uh, track for, of course, the top gear presenters. They love to go there. So the Prius probably tests there a lot, right? Yeah, I think they have their... <laughs> I think they have their own um, little setup. That, no, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Sabina Schmidt, she they, she was nicknamed the queen of the number ring. She was always on this racetrack. Uh, she's actually only the only female winner of the 24 hours of Nürburgring. And yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. You drive for 24 hours? You drive for 24 oh hours. Gosh. Yeah. It's called an endurance race. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, she appeared in uh, the British Top Gear show in 1993, and this is a must-see episode for all of you Top Gear fans. If you Top Gear is great. If you haven't seen this uh, episode, of course, Jeremy Clarkson goes to test test drive a, a diesel, uh, a Jaguar diesel. On the, <laughs> that seems weird, but okay. well, no, it's. I mean, it's a it's it's a fast car. It's not like a diesel truck or anything like that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you don't like diesel seems slow, and Jaguar seems fast. Yeah, so Jeremy Clarkson goes to test this on the Nurburgring, and of course Sabina is there, and he does, uh, we'll call a presentable time, and of course <laughs> Sabina says, says, "Wow, I could have done that in a van." <laughs> oh, so she does the the same laps in. Are uh, you or- are you spoiling the episode, sir? Ah, uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> but it's still worth watching. Spoilers. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, she does the same lap in the same car, and the uh, time is quite different. We'll just put mm, it that okay. way. Hmm. Uh, you will have to f- watch it to find out. And then you've got to definitely follow up when she actually does try to beat his time in a van. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Uh, she also became known as the fastest taxi driver in the world. Why, might you ask? Is because one of the things she did was she would take a BMW M5, one of the uh, the uh, ring taxis, they called it, and she would have guests, uh, and she would chauffeur them around the Nürburgring at speeds oh. that she liked. You know, that she liked to go very fast Mm -hmm. and had many sick passengers. Well, that's what they got the barf bags for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so she would take visitors around the Nürburgring at uh, dizzying speeds. And then she became the host of the new Top Gear herself after the the host Clarkson, May, and... um, I'm drawing a blank on Hammond's name. Hammond. Jeez. <laughs> After they left, uh, she took over as one of the co-hosts of that show and just had an amazing career racing cars. And yeah, just it's she's going to sorely be missed. Aww. How, how old was she when she passed? Uh, so let's see. She was born in 1969. So what that makes her do a little quick math like here. 43? 53? 53. Yeah, we're in 2021. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, definitely going to be missed um, as she passed That's away after a battle, of, uh, battle with cancer. Oh, cancer. Well, I'm going to lighten this up a little yes, bit. Yes, please do. Because that was sad. Jeez, Ben. So this one is really cool. Have you heard of Hedy Lamar? That name sounds familiar, but I'm going to say not no. Really. She was a glorious actress in like the 40s and 50s. Okay. Just amazing. So um, that's where most people know her from. Now, she does have her own website, HedyLamar.com, so you can check that out. But I got a lot of this info from uh, Your AAA Daily by Sarah Hopkins that came out in March 2021. Ta-da! Here hey, we are. So Hedy Lamar was actually born Hedwig Ava Maria Kessler. Man, how do you get four names? I want to have four because names. Because she was born in Vienna. Ah. Aha. And so she started her, her acting career there. And she ended up meeting the head of MGM Studios um, during her filming career in Austria. And he offered her a Hollywood contract. So here she is now um, in Hollywood. And her she was you know touted as the world's most beautiful woman, which wow. she is gorgeous. Now, is she in any films that we might know? So, yep. So, Boomtown. I mean, you're probably not very schooled in your 40s and 50s. Okay, but let me she, say any mm-hmm. of our listeners might know those things. Maybe. So, she's well known for like Boomtown and Tortilla Flats is another one that was really good. She acted as like Clark Gable and, you know, um, Spencer Tracy, uh, you know, all of these guys. So, um, very, very cool movies that she did. But, but... Um, oh, and she, she also, so she had 30 movies, television, radio shows. She got her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. However, she was way more than this. I mean, everybody is, but this is really interesting. So she's, you know, this beautiful, talented actress living the high life, but she has got a brain on her that is just like unreal. So she, you can see so, it in pictures, folks. No, you can't. <laughs> Do not look. That's just not appropriate to look at brains. Um, so <laughs> she came up with one of her little inventions was she came up with an improved traffic stoplight. So that's cool that, you know, as the, as the, you know, the traffic light sort of evolved, she had one little hand in it. Oh, okay. Um, she also invented a tablet that you could drop in a beverage to make it carbonated because that's back when like Coke was coming out and it was really cool. She's like, oh, it was not good. It tasted like Alka-Seltzer, but Hey, she, she could do it. It was carbonated. Wow. Uh, she she dated Howard Hughes. No yeah, big I, deal. That name I recognize. No big deal. You know, what, what I, American business magnate, investor, record setter, record setting pilot. Blah 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 blah. So like a big big deal. And she's like, so Howard, I'm gonna improve some of your stuff. Let me just just sit back. Let me fix you. So she thought that um, his airplanes that he was designing were just too square, and so she thought that they were probably too slow. So she started. She made some designs for him, and she was using um, like the streamlined shape of like birds and fish because she thought that those were much much faster. And no so kidding. And he took he took her advice. Um, Does she hold any patents on this stuff or? Not really. Uh, she holds one patent, and I'm going to tell you about it. At oh, least okay. this is the important one. So during World War II, I love her for this. She was like, I'm sitting here, you know, acting and, you know, basically super comfortable and having a really nice life when we're in the middle of a war and she wanted to do something. So she was thinking a lot about this sort of emerging technology of naval war, which is the radio-controlled torpedoes. Mm-hmm. And she thought, you know... 
those can be jammed and then those torpedoes are set off course and then they're not going to blow up our ships and whatever else. So she and her composer, George Antheil, developed this device that implemented these frequency hopping signals that they they can't be tracked, they can't be jammed, but they are screwing up the torpedoes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I know, and they patented that in 1942. So they basically changes the radio frequency simultaneously to prevent enemies from being able to detect the messages. That's right, folks. I'm super smart and beautiful. Come at me. (laughs) Come at me. I will jam your signal. So, but I mean, the technology of the time, it just wasn't there. So it wasn't really used until 1962. And then the Navy used an updated version during the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, which is cool. So, so that, that patent has actually led to today's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and of course, most importantly to us in cars, GPS. That's crazy. Thank you, Hedy Lamar, beautiful actress. Wow. Yeah, she's awesome. So that's her. See, lightened it right up. What? We're gonna bring us down again. No, no, okay, de- definitely not. I'm, I'm. I don't know how I'm gonna follow that one, but I'm gonna bring you Helena Rother. Oh. Helena Rother was born in 1908 in the German town of Leipzig, where she graduated from the Kunstige Werbe around 1930, which. Uh, is that a preschool, a <laughs> kindergarten? No, this, is, this is the Royal Academy of Graphics and Book Arts. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, doesn't it? Uh, she graduated basically with uh, the equivalent of a master's degree and took her, uh, well, she took her degree to France and moved to Paris where she uh, started designing jewelry and very famous hat pins that became oh. very popular in the States. God, get your hat pens, people. And of course, during this era, like everything else, the World War ruins everything, right? <laughs> ruins everything. Just ruins everything. So in 1941, they're forced to flee France. Uh, and apparently That was real. You said that perfectly. Forced to flee France. That's a lot of... F- uh, alliteration. Yeah. yeah. Now, she's forced to flee with her seven-year-old daughter, Ina. Now, I couldn't find any information on Ina's father, her husband, but I did find one blurb um, that he was in the French Resistance. So, sorry to him. I have no information about him, but this It probably is, wasn't good. Th- yeah. Yeah, it probably wasn't. Let's but this move is on. women's history. Right. Uh, let's on, move so. on. She don't need a man. Oh, and by the way, um, all this information, uh, might, I might as well cite my sources now because oh, I'm very bad about that. This is also from the automotivehalloffame.org. Timeline.com and Hemings Motor News. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, where are we? Yeah, forced to flee France, where they stayed in a displacement camp in North Africa for two to four months. And at this time, like I said, her daughter was seven years old, and they eventually were able to move to New York. Ah. Now, she got her first job, and this is what's so cool. She got her first job at Marvel Comics. Whoa. Yeah, where she drew... Uh, Jimmy Jupiter. Jimmy Jupiter. Not, I mean, not your your most famous comic book character, hey. but you can definitely look him up. Uh, he was created by Ed Robbins, and she was one of the artists who drew him. That's cool. Wow. Surely, yeah, shortly thereafter. Yeah, just dwell on that for a minute. That's just cool. <laughs> like, one minute you're in a displacement camp, you know, and the next minute you're drawing for Marvel. Right? Isn't really that crazy? Cool. Very talented woman. Uh, she, uh, she, long, not, not long after that, she sees an ad in the New York Times, uh, from General Motors for a new designer. 
So she applies for this job. They give her the job and they're off to Detroit where she starts designing interiors for General Motors. Oh, like the inside of cars. Okay. Exactly. I mean, she does have a fashion background. Right. Um, and in, she's in Paris. Yeah. Graphic designer. Okay. Right. So not long after that. Now there's a, li- I don't know. She, she is credited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, she's credited by some sources as the first female designer. Um, but GM actually downplayed some of this at the time because they didn't, you know, they didn't want to. It's a man dominated field right, and blah, 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 blah. And ego, ego, ego. Let's know credit where credit is due. Right. So there, we want it. There, there are a lot of sources that say she's the first female automotive designer, interior designer. Do that. Take that as how you will. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true, but again, some sources say that. I'm, I'm for, I'd like to believe it. Oh my gosh. Move I on. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but she had remarkable autonomy. This is how good she was at her job. They're like, yeah, go, go. Do, do your thing. It's amazing. See you in two months. And then she took a job with Nash Motors. Now, this actually turned Nash into the most stylish luxury, well, uh, the, not luxury, but the most stylish automobile. It, it changed their whole platform of their car. Um, and she was designing a lot of the interiors for this car. And a lot of people started buying, buying it just based on how the interior looked. It was oh. so fashionable. and Swanky. Yeah, exactly. And she was actually making more than a lot of the men in her field at that time. Like money-wise? Yes, because ah. she was contracted. She didn't work for Nash. She was basically freelancing in her own studio. So smart. And occasionally she would go down to Nash headquarters and be like, look, this, look what I have created. And they're like, yes, yes, more. <laughs> they're like, we want it. She's like, mm, let's negotiate price. Right, right, right. Uh, and to give you an idea of how good she was at these interiors, in 1953, she helped Nash win the Jackson Medal for Outstanding Design. Ooh. Yeah. Schwanky, right? So swanks. So, and of course, I'm sure as all of our listeners know, Nash eventually merged with Hudson. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. knew that. <laughs> I wrote about it in my diary just last night. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Nash uh, merges with the car company Hudson. And at that point, she left and joined Miller Meteor, which was a manufacturer. Oh, they, they're the guys that did the, um, the Ghostbusters, the Ecto-1. Yeah, because it was a hearse, right? Yeah, the ambulances and the hearses. Yeah, manufacturers oh. of, yeah, full circle, right? Uh, hearses and ambulance where she was designing the interiors for them. And then this is <laughs> for for your comfort when you're being wheeled to the the either the hospital or your final right. resting place. It, it kind of sucks. The only person that gets to enjoy the <laughs> interior of the hearse is actually dead. <laughs> <laughs> why are yours like this? Sorry. So, and why are we laughing about it? Okay, I, keep I, going. Yeah, let's I, just move this along. Dark humor, we'll call it. Mm. She moves on after this and decides, okay, uh, I'm done designing interiors for cars and starts designing stained glass. Oh my gosh, my mom would love that. Yeah, and for those of you that would like to see something that she's done, you can go to the Beverly Hills United Methodist Church where there's a piece of stained glass that she designed. Now, this is... Where is that, in Beverly Hills, California? No, this is actually Beverly Hills, Michigan. Okay, so I... (laughs) Because that would be such a bummer. You're like, in California, like, where's this place? Where's the church? Yeah, no, it's Beverly Hills, Michigan. 
Uh, and then in uh, 1999, she passed away at the uh, old age of 91 years. Oh, good for her. And she was also in 2020 inducted into our Automobile Hall of Fame. Well deserved. Yes, That's absolutely. Awesome. I love it. All right. So last but definitely not least, I have somebody who's still alive. So this is like already uplifting for us. This lady is so cool. So her name is Jean Jennings. And I hope she's listening. Oh, she's totally listening. I'm sure of it. So she, uh, not a lot is... um, online about her early, like her birth and things like that. I mean, a little, but you can't know what year because a lady never tells. (laughs) So, um, at 18, she becomes a taxi driver. So she bought, she bought her own used Plymouth satellite with a 318 V8 engine. She painted the sucker yellow, installs her own roof light and a meter, and then she joins the yellow cab company in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Just does it. So now she's an owner operator of this and she's going around. Um, while she's there, she's redefining like the city taxi cab boundaries and she's training the new cab drivers. She creates a whole training manual so that everybody's pretty much consistent for safety and things like that. Anything you can do, I can do better. Totally. And then she was elected the president of the yellow cab board. Oh, that's Boom. awesome. Good for her. So five years later, she's done all this stuff. And taxi driver, taxi driving is getting, you know, a little bit more dangerous, especially for your one lady alone in a taxi cab that can get a little. So she became a driver at Chrysler's Chelsea Proving Grounds. And then she worked at Chrysler's Impact Lab where she crashes cars to check for the safety features. That's a really cool job that you never want. <laughs> no, she, it was great. She's test driving cars. She's welding stuff on. And then she's writing for this, um, for the um, Chrysler's union newsletter that was like award winning. So, and so then she kind of gets into the writing and she's writing for Car and Driver um, from 1980 to 85. And then in 1986, she's like, you know what? I'm going to do my own magazine. So she uh, co-founded Automobile and the Motor Trend Group published that magazine. So she was also very, very well known for being the automotive correspondent for Good Morning America from 1994 to 2000. And then also the Oxygen Network used her a lot. Um, And she was later the chairman, the CEO, and host of the self-branded website and blog, Gene Knows Cars. Now you got to go check. uh, So the website is now um, dormant. But there are a ton of YouTube videos out there, like a ton. And she... um, writes and podcasts for auto blogs. So you can look, she's got like, um, vile gossip is one of her, uh, her columns that she does. She has these crazy stories. So, uh, she received the 2016 new England motor press association's lifetime achievement award. She's also done, um, the motor press guild, 2016 lifetime achievement award, 2007 international motor press association, um, annual Ken Purdy Award for Excellence in Automotive Journalism. And so she's just widely known for these adventures. So if you go through, if you, I mean, it's crazy. She talks about all kinds of, you know, famous people and how she's gotten in a car with them or somehow finagled her way to having all kinds of adventures. Um, and she's also noted for distinctive hats and a very like 
unfettered personality. Like if you watch her YouTube videos, they're real. She's just great. Like, so she will walk you through how to change your tire or like all the way from that to looking at different, you know, brand new cars that are out on the road. I mean, at the time she's, she's slowing down a little bit, but you know, and we're going to have her as a guest on our <laughs> podcast, right? We're going to go knock at her door. Hey, I know you might be busy, but can you talk to us? So yes, yeah, so, so Jean Knows Cars is on Twitter, YouTube. There's a Facebook page for her and LinkedIn. Um, she's got lots of articles everywhere and auto blogs. Still, she still you know right. writes for them. We're going to tag her. In uh, uh, in our uh, Twitter announcement for this podcast, let's tag her. And every- we'll just yeah. <laughs> keep start tagging this poor woman. She's going to be like, "What did I ever do to deserve this?" No, you really need to listen to our podcast so you can come on the show, and we'll go on yours. And yeah, except for sh- okay, yeah. People, you have to have dreams. That's right. And that keeps America together. That's on our dream of this humble podcast dedicated to women's history. Ladies, man, these are, I I can't, I love to do this. We're going to do this every year and find more cool people. So, but that's all I got. All right. Well, that's all I have. Why don't we uh, wrap it up here by asking you, lovely folks, to rate us, like us, do all that things that makes us famous. All that things. All All that that things. All that things. And if you have any stories or any ideas for the podcast, stuff that you'd like to hear, questions, you can always hit us up, email us at contact at shownauto.com. That's S-C-H-O-E-N. You can find us on the Twitter, at shownauto. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. Not TikTok. We always say not TikTok. (laughs) There's other ones. We're just not going to do it, guys. It's too much. We're too old for TikTok. We're old. (laughs) Uh, Well... It's been Go out lovely. there. Enjoy the sunshine that we have. Yes. I hope we still have it when this goes out. Summer's coming. Awesome. See you guys next time. Bye.